Happy Monday evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Tonight, we've got a professional skateboarder, entrepreneur, uh, financial prognosticator. Uh, this guy is going to share with you kind of what's going on in the market, uh, some of his successes and how to ride it out and what he's done, especially as we're facing some really tough times under this new administration. So tune in. You're in for a treat. We'll see you in a bit. Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any dirt, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are. The defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to keep. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, our guest tonight has been on the show uh, before, but this is timely. Uh, it's Mikey Taylor. Uh, Mikey, welcome, man. Thank you. Yeah. That's come a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was. You were watching that timeline on uh, our intro, and I, and I never tire of it. And some folks say yeah, it's too long. I don't care. It's like a whole history lesson. And people need to watch it. But when we get to 1963 on the, on the timeline, that's where I drop off because I was born in 64. And then I'm checking it out and seeing when my dad was born and, and seeing 1928 and, and watching the Depression. And then he would tell me that he'd watch Civil War veterans uh, on the 4th of July parade pass by. And then that drops you down. So, you know, we're not that old of a country. But I'm thinking about you. Here I am at 56. You're a young buck. I mean, you're getting older. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, same thing happened to me. It's like I got to a point where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Clinton, Bush, but, you know, Reagan, I, I don't remember what well, that was. Well, you don't remember him, but... Right? But my parents did, and just yeah. like kind of what you felt when you watched it, like there's a lot of things that, that led to my parents raising me the way they raised me because their parents grew up in the Depression, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, I, I was hooked the whole time. I was like, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I love it every time it, 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 it shows. So uh, as, as folks are listening to us have a conversation, one of the things I wanted them to glean is not only did you start out, you know, of course you, you, you did some schooling, but your life career was skateboarding. Mm. And, yeah. and you turned a, a passion into a profession and profited from it. Mm -hmm. Three Ps, that's really good. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Uh, and and you, you profited from it. And then you took that and you, you use those entrepreneurial skills and now you're doing real estate, apartment complexes, mm -hmm. and you're 
you're building them in shopping malls that, yeah. I mean, shopping malls are dead. Are, are, are you building them in the shop? But oh, I, know, I know the answer to it. They're, I mean, we just go down to the Oaks Mall and it's like every third store is closed. Yeah. Uh, everyone's buying online and with the lockdowns, everyone's become accustomed to that. So what's this angle you're doing to, to, to be successful and profitable and also your investors are profiting from yeah. it? Yeah, so it, it's funny, you, you brought up like my schooling. Like I took an unconventional path to get here, right? I graduated high school, I started skateboarding and most of what I learned was either from good guidance or just kind of going through it myself. In like the 2007, 2008, the, the great financial crisis, that actually was one of those moments that I think I learned more than any other time. And it's because the markets crash, I look around me and everybody's panicking, right? You, all you see is fear and despair, right? And at this point I had somebody helping me with my money and I called him, I'll never forget let me, it. Let me pause real quick. Mm. Uh, 2007 is when we moved to Lavery from Skyline. Yeah. And we split the church. I mean the worst time yeah. to, to do a plan. We were there with you. And and you you went through that with us, yeah. and we survived it. Yeah. Uh, but like Skyline got got um, all the assets and very few of the liabilities. <laughs> we got all the liabilities and few of the assets. I mean, it was an, yeah. it, it was we had planned to yeah. do that two churches. Yeah. Uh, and you were part of that. I mean, you transitioned over. Yeah. And we're just watching markets tank and yeah, people right. panicking. That's and, right. So you're seeing pain, yeah. right? And and I was young at this point. And so like I called, I called Randy who was helping me with my money. I was like, hey dude, we need to sell, right? Like how bad is this? How much did I lose? And it was just, just fear kind of had taken over. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what do you mean? All I'm seeing is people panicking. Shouldn't I sell before I lose more? And I'll never remember his, I'll never forget his response. It was, no, we're actually gonna buy. We planned for this moment. This is where the opportunity lies. And I was like, Okay, right? <laughs> Didn't understand it, but I trusted him. I was like, okay, I, I guess that's what we're doing. My experience moving forward and where the real learning lesson was, uh, in the short term, I had experienced loss as well, right? But Randy guiding me in a way to know that markets are always gonna go through corrections and that I need capital to participate in those moments. That was the preparing for it, right? So then my ability to buy at a discount and then weather the storm. And the way that I came back was at a, such a different trajectory than everyone else that that forever changed my outlook on challenge. Does that make sense? Yeah, now you had the ability, you had capital to purchase stocks when they were low because you don't live above your means. That's right, that's and right. What, what, what do you and your wife, you and your family, what's your saving percentage um, of, your, of your income? So it, it, it's changed throughout the years. Before I got married, oh, I would say no lot. <laughs> I was, that was like my, my biggest saving years. I was probably saving, oh, I would say 50 to 60% of my income. It was a lot. When we got married, we probably went down to maybe 30%, which is still actually pretty aggressive for most. Um, but the typical place that you want to land is between 10 and 20. That's like ideal. And when you have kids, you know, the old adage is the definition of a father is a man who carries pictures of his children in his wallet where his money used to be. So yeah, that's right. You drop that's to right. 10, 20%. So you, you have capital and you ride out that storm mm -hmm. and you're preparing for a rainy day and it comes and you profit from it. Yep. You start manufacturing umbrellas. That's right. That's right. So basically what that did for me was to just, when, when things like that happen, when devastation happens, you have to not panic and look for what's gonna come through this moment, right? 
And then we saw this big tech boom and all these new companies. I mean, you could argue that, you know, the greatest entrepreneurial build in my lifetime was right after the crisis, right? And so when this whole moment happened last year, it was like, where's the opportunity? Yeah. And everybody's panicking. Where's the opportunity? It, it seemed like everybody ran after the cryptocurrency. Oh. I mean, I, I saw you, you. You despise that. I mean, you you were you were telling people, look, <laughs> that you might as well just go to Vegas. Yeah, you, you know what it is. I don't. I I don't mind crypto, for what crypto is. It's how people invest in it. That's what's scary to me. Yeah, cri- crypto to me is, if if government continues this overreach. This might, and they're going to mess with us as far as our ability to buy and sell. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I won't go into the deep theology and, and the eschatology of the end times, but there's, there's a, a very large contingent of Christians that believe that, that government, uh, this Antichrist thing, will control buying and selling and this idea of a mark of the beast and you can't get anything. Um, and, and with a one world government and technology, you know, Back when I was your age, that that was just kind of a pipe dream. I mean, it was on the horizon, but now you're looking at it, and and they're they're zeroing out your the postal worker that came forward and testified. I think it was in Michigan, and said I was told by my supervisor to backdate these ballots, and then then um, uh, Veritas comes in and 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 they they interview him. And then they get on hidden camera the postal general uh, um, investigator browbeating him and threatening him and trying to get him to change his testimony. Yeah. And 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 it's it's all a farce. Yeah. And then the public and they they come after him and the public raises two hundred fifty thousand dollars on behalf of this postal worker on GoFundMe. GoFundMe zeroed it out. Yeah. They, they have this ability to, to, to wipe out what you've earned. And yeah. so that's why I see cryptocurrency as kind of appealing to some folks. Um, it used to be the Silk Road and the dark web, and that's where you... Yeah. I, look, I, I, I think that's the most fascinating part about crypto, or the technology behind it, is Revelation or, or Mark of the Beast. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it's like you can get around government intrusion yeah. in some capacity. Yeah, but what, what, what's interesting about crypto... I think one people are feeling this like exactly what you just explained this like government power or overreach or the the idea that like we can't just do our own thing without them taking right in, in the lockdown they, they, most people weren't even taking cash anymore that's right so I, I I totally see why that is is something special or the idea behind why it needs to be done right the <clears throat> the challenge that I see is kind of twofold one there's nothing about crypto that incentivizes good behavior. Right. right, incentivizes bad behavior. Trading, uh, you know, in a short amount of time, these like big swings, like greed, so easily takes over. Right, and then two, you're you're kind of seeing this shift happening with the new generation, where like we were taught work hard. They want instant gratification. That's right, yeah. and so they want instant gratification with everything. And so when you talk about a message of discipline and consistency to become financially independent. And that path, you know, may take thirty to forty years. They go, "What the heck are you talking yeah. about? Thirty years? I need it now." And so, if you start viewing investing as the way you become rich, you're you're not going to win. It, it makes tr- sense. Yeah, true wealth creates a product. Yeah, 
True wealth creates a benefit for society. Yeah. Meaning you're you're making a widget someone needs. But when you're just dealing in speculation yeah. on crypto yeah. and and similar to what the guys do in, you know, Manhattan, um, you're not making anything. Yeah. You're just playing the market for a short-term gain yeah. and it's like a, a, a you know putting a burrito in a microwave for a minute. You, yeah. you just want instant gratification. Right. I want it now. That's right. And, and it doesn't do anything for your health. It's no. it's yeah. No, it's bad. It's, it's like seriously, the, the instant gratification or the idea of removing delayed gratification will set you up for failure when it comes to investing. I mean, it'll set you up for a lot of things, but when it comes to investing, it's a mandatory to understand delayed gratification. Of the virtues that Aristotle spoke of, one was fame, and another was was fortune. Wealth is 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 good, but not always. Mm. You know, I, one one very wealthy man that I had a conversation with once, uh, it worth billions. Just we were talking, and he he said in a real slow West Texas accent, "You know, people think my money is a solution to their problems, mm. and money doesn't solve problems. It just makes you more yeah. what you are. It's an accelerant." That's right. If you're a drug addict, it makes you a worse drug addict. Yeah. It, it, you know, and he, he just started going down, and I'm like, wow. And he goes, you know, it'll buy a house, but not a home. It'll mm. buy sex, but not love. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll buy a bed, but not sleep. Yeah. It, it, just fascinating. Yeah, because everyone thinks money is the solution to the problems. Money isn't everything. It's good to have, but it's also dangerous because right. it's an accelerant. That's and right. if your pursuit is strictly for the accumulation of wealth without morality and understanding how to build a culture and a community and understanding accountability. You know, because I'm sitting across from an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, you're, you're a, I would call you a titan of business. Okay. Me, I'm a Levite. <laughs> okay. And what I mean by that is, I, my income, as the Lord is defined, as a minister, my income comes from the generosity of others. I don't ask for it. Uh, it I, I, I don't manipulate it. Mm. I, you, you're an elder. You know what I do. I don't pass an offering bag. Uh, I, can, I can only control. I can only control the expenses. I can't control the income. Yeah. And if I can control the income, then it's not faith. Yeah. So as a Levite, um, I provide. Uh, I, I provide a benefit to the congregation in that they, they call it hermeneutics. Hermes was a mythical creature that communicated between the gods and man. I provide God's word to people and, and maybe make the complex simple and attainable. Yeah. And, and from the moral law comes civil law and economic prosperity and the benefits of doing things the right way. You don't covet, you don't steal, you, you tell the truth. And so that benefits a society. People don't really think that that is a huge benefit. So, you know, they'll, they'll tip you on the way out or something like that. <laughs> However... It is a calling. Yeah, that's right. It is a calling. And, and when I look at you, God has gifted you and he's fashioned you to understand how to, to build widgets, um, how to provide a product for somebody that they need. Mm. And, and, and then you benefit from it and you use that wealth to continue to help others, mm. whether that's uh, helping other entrepreneurs understand the market and help them with seed capital or funding mm -hmm. like someone did for you or investment opportunities also in your own church in your own community all of that is a part of and, and even having the money to wisely educate your children yeah and and these are all critical components of an entrepreneur mm. and god fashioned you like that yeah 
So share with everybody, if you would, you're not into the crypto side. You're into long. You're mm. you're into long-term investments. Now, not to say that you avoid short-term, mm. and and you're wise to the market. But you found a niche here that's kind of cool. Because when I sat on the city council, and we're now in a 50-year general plan update for the that's city right. of Thousand Oaks, that's right. and you drive by the Oaks Mall, and every third, fourth business is shuttered. Yeah. And that's that's brick and mortar real estate, and nobody wants them anymore. Yeah. And they're right. thinking, well, let's put a Costco in there. You know, and, and I don't think the city can can go for another massage parlor right. or cannabis distributor. Right. I mean, we're, we're running right. out of room That's for right. those. That's right. So with this space that has been become available mm. as a result of the change of the economy and everyone waiting for DoorDash to bring their dinner mm -hmm. and buying online, how have you seen the market and what have you done? Yeah, this is a good question. Long one. It's a long one, it's good. Uh, so one, we recognize the change that was happening as far as our shopping experience, because for us as skateboarders, we primarily sold our product through stores. Retail, yeah, right? brick and mortar. And then those sales started declining. And that was because people were starting to purchase online. So I had an experience firsthand, holy crap, how do I start going direct to the consumer, right? Uh, you know, fast forward to what I do now, I had already had that experience when we were selling product. So when you go into the investing world, the, the hard part is always how do you find a great opportunity that other people don't see, right? That's right. like the holy grail. And so right now, for example, like residential. I mean, you just sold your house. How much of a premium did you get on selling your house? 20 offers, price skyrocket, right? You know the deal. Yeah. There's two reasons for that. I'm oversimplifying, but the two big reasons in my perspective, money's cheap. So that's increased somebody's purchasing price if they're basing it off of- I want to talk of, about that in a minute. Okay. Money's they're, cheap. If they're basing it off of how much they could afford monthly, right? Two, there is a shortage. There are not Massive enough shortage of homes, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you're looking at there's a shortage on residential and you're looking at these big old malls that no one cares about and you know the evolution of that cycle is changing, where is the opportunity? Well, you can buy this thing at a discount and if you can build the thing in need, that becomes the opportunity others don't see, right? But now you get into like, why that is so challenging? That concept seems easy, right? Buy low, sell high, right? The problem is when you're going into an area that everybody's running from, it's scary, right? There's something about comfort when you go to buy somebody's house, there's 20 other people buying it. You're looking around going, I guess this is what I should be doing, right? <laughs> Little do you know, well, if everybody's doing it, is this really the opportunity? So it's not as easy as it sounds working with cities, I mean, you know this, to go through permits and entitlement rezoning. Zoning. It's hard, zone. right? Because you're going from commercial to residential. And the hard part is like, you know, we have two platforms. We do this with apartment buildings. We also do it with storage units. We buy Kmarts and Walmarts and Bed Bath & Beyonds when they go vacant and repurpose those into storage. That one cities don't really love. The apartment one's a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, a city like Thousand Oaks probably wouldn't embrace apartments, although they're in desperate need of them. Yeah. You, you, you have, th I always say there are three concentric circles. One is open space, the other is business, and the other is housing. Yeah. And the sweet spot in the concentric section is where all of them are balanced. Yeah. But if you have too much open space, right. you don't have uh, uh, enough housing, uh, business is going to decline. If you have too much bu uh, business 
and, and not enough open space, the quality of living, is, yeah. and that sweet spot is always affected in the concentric aspect of those three circles. That's right. So, you know, Thousand Oaks is always in this, this dynamic where it's, it, it wants to balance its open space. We have one last segment that's developable right by the 101. Huge contingency of folks want to make it, you know, Santa Monica Mountain Conservancy yeah. and, and make it open space. That's fine, but do it without weaponizing the government to steal property. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, whatever goes up there, and, and let the voice of the people speak, but, but as elected officials, you don't play two government agencies to steal some citizen's property. That's, yeah. that's just dirty I, pool. I agree. Totally agree. Um, and, and then what do we do with these vacant malls? And, and I know the city's looking at that, and they want to do the 101 corridor and kind of yeah. develop that. Uh, but, but there's folks that just want to go back to when it was just rolling hills. You I know. know. Look, they, I hear They fell you. off their dinosaur and broke their wooden underwear. Yeah, you know, look, so. I hear Look, I mean, look, look. It, it's nice if you could just live in the middle of nowhere and nobody... That's cool. Wait, wait, wait. Right? I, got, I, got, I got one for you. You know the difference between an environmentalist and a developer? No. The environmentalist already has their cabin. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Uh, I, I mean it's look man change is hard we know this it is change is hard and you get used to stuff that's and, right. I, and I get the and even for you like being you know involved in the city it's like you guys are pay, playing kind of this balance between what is needed you're listening to what the people want and you're having to make a decision with two sides yelling at you going, it's this, it's this, it's this, right? You, you have the same challenge when you are operating a business, when you want to make a change and you have to communicate that change to everybody working with you. And most people don't want to change, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. That's true. But, but the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Okay. So, so where have you had success in taking these brick and mortar malls that are uh, just massively vacant um, you know, and, and as Chris Rock, I think it was, you said there's two malls. There's the mall that the white people go to and the mall that the white people used to go to. Mm. It, it, it seems as though this, this white flight mm -hmm. and, and just people moving out of inner city and, and wherever there's, there's blight and, and trial. But then you have to reinfuse it with capital, and then mm -hmm. they call it regentrification. But in that regard, it, it, those principles are open to everybody, mm -hmm. and it always helps when you infuse capital. But you, heavy taxation in inner cities usually what devastates it, like we've seen in Detroit and, yeah. the, and the like. And, and then when the, the pensions of, of these government employees, I mean, it's unsustainable, and so people just leave because you can't afford to run a business. Yeah. And those that would invest in capital and building are gone. Yeah. And, and you, you've killed the, the goose that lays the golden eggs. That's right. And, and you hate entrepreneurs. You hate the wealthy. You know, eat the rich is the new motto. And, and they say, well, government's the answer. And, and we need to take from the rich and give to the poor. And, and Margaret Thatcher, as we covered on Sunday, socialism works until you run out of the other person's money. Yeah. Now, there is a balance because as we studied, you're, you're going to have the, you know, Mother Joneses of the world who are going to go up against the J.P. Morgans and the Salmon P. Chases and, and the Vanderbilts and contend for the coal miners that are working 10, 12, 14-hour workdays, little kids, and they're going to contend for child labor laws and, and that, that ni uh, what, 19, uh, 1902 um, anthracite, mm -hmm. you know, um, the discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, 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 when they did the, the strike, the anthracite strike, 
that changed labor laws around the country. Yeah. And, and this was a woman who was contending for these, you know, she'd lost her husband and her children in the yellow fever epidemic. Her house, her business burned down in the Great Chicago Fire. And she is now committed to this class of, of blue-collar immigrants, and she was an Irish immigrant, and she's contending. They called her Mother Moses, and she contended. She went up against titans of industry. So mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur who makes money, and you've got workers on this side, and you, they helped you create that wealth, right. you, you've got to give honest wages. That's right. And so capitalism without morality is, is just greed and problematic. That's right. This has, to this has to develop a community. 100%. And then thinking that government is solely the answer and let's eat the rich, that's not the answer either as, as just accumulating wealth for wealth's sake and, you know, the rich, the poor. There's a balance in this that God commands. Yeah. What you're talking about, though, is the further we go away from God, the further all of these things start falling apart, right? Yeah. It, and, and then good... factioning. That's right. That's right. That's, it, it's, look, it's, it, it, it's easy to to complain about this moment we're in, right? Especially with like, you know, this rise of socialism or this idea that like it's not fair or whatever, right? Uh, but there is an opportunity in it as well. You always talk about that, right? People aren't the, the problem, they're the opportunity. So if somebody is seeing the government as their God or their savior, that's where the opportunity lies, right? Because we know it to be a lie, Yeah. right? Same thing you would, you would say as somebody who isn't a believer. Maybe, so, so where do I get in? How do I connect with this person? Bill Clinton said it's the economy, stupid. Now, let's just, God forbid, because that's, that's my calling and that's what my entire life is about. But playing devil's advocate, let's, let's remove faith. Let's move, remove religion from the equation. What brings people to a place where they, they question what's going on and, and the... And the, the the quickest eye-opening factor for most people is the economy. And, and in 150 days, I, I want to show you the cost of living in Joe Biden's America. Do we have that slide? Can we pull it up? So in the cost of living in, in, in this current administration, from 2020 to 2021, so a change in administration, 150 days, a thousand feet of lumber board goes from three hundred bucks to fifteen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. A gallon of gas goes from a buck ninety-five to three hundred five, which is now I, th that that's outdated. It's it's approaching four bucks a gallon. Yeah. A ton of wheat, one hundred eighty-three. Now it's two fifty-one. Uh, a ton of coal, thirty-nine bucks, eighty bucks. A bushel of corn, three forty-three. It, it's this is in hundred and fifty days. We've we're watching hyperinflation occur. People are going to the supermarket. Their wages haven't increased. They did in the last administration, but in this administration, where they, they, they're they saying, I, I thought I had a lot of money, yeah. and now I have less in my shopping cart mm -hmm. and less in my bank account. What's going on here? Yeah. And they're watching this, the cheap labor come up through the border. Yeah. They're watching, they're, they're watching governors lie to them in states that they moved to because... They really believe that the bigger the government, the better it is. Uh, Governor Whitmer, uh, uh, Governor Whitmer in Michigan, she's like she's like Governor Newsom. Uh, massive lockdowns, shutting churches, mm. businesses have been devastated in Michigan, and and she she has enforced it. With with uh, wait, an is iron this the fist. girl where her husband got caught with the boat? That yeah. old thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. But check this out. This was in the Insider. Can we show that? 
this is uh, Governor Whitmer. She apologized after a photo revealed she had violated her own social distancing order at a bar, just like uh, Governor Newsom did at yeah. the French Laundry. Yeah. Gretchen Whitmer apologized after she was photographed inside a restaurant with 12 other people over the weekend in violation of the state's current COVID-19 social distancing order. Whitmer issued an apology after a photo from the meal was published by Breitbart on Sunday. Throughout the pandemic, I've been committed to following public health protocols, except for her husband, etc. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. They just didn't have a French laundry there, but she went to this one. As more people arrived, the tables were pushed together. Oh, it's always someone else's fault, not hers. This wasn't deliberate. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. I made a mistake, and I apologize. But there's no ramifications when you're the elite. Mm. Michigan's Department of Health and Human Services currently says groups no larger than six people can be seated together at restaurants to help stop the spread of COVID. Here's a picture of it. She, she was with all of her cronies. There she is. Uh, They're all vaccinated, though. You yeah. can do that, but you can't get on a plane. You can do that, but you can't go to church. You can do that, but you can't open a mom and pop. You can, you can do, um, yeah, Costco and, yeah. And, and people see this. They may not be churchgoers, but they oh. once had freedom. Now they can't go to their local bar, but the governor can. That, yeah, but that's what's so special about this moment. We're experiencing it with our church. And Yeah, and we're watching people coming that didn't go to church and never would come to that's church. That's so awesome. But they're economics have been impacted, their freedoms have been violated, yeah. and they're like, wait a minute, what does this mean and how does government work in this capacity? Yeah. And now we have the discussion of liberty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And responsibility. Yeah. Responsibility to fellow man, the balance between industry and workers and blue and white collar yeah. and, and how we're supposed to endeavor to keep the unity in that. And is there class warfare? And how do you stave that off? And how did, how did Hershey do the, the Hershey Empire and create Hershey, Pennsylvania for his workers? Have you ever walked through what he provided for them? And there was a balance in all of this. And he was a mm -hmm. faithful man. He wanted to do right by the Lord. And J.C. Penney was another one. But then you get into the stock market, and these become public businesses. Yeah. And they, they trade companies like this like they do Bitcoin. Yeah, that's right. They and do. there's no morality in Manhattan, it seems. Nope. And now it's no longer about truth and no longer about community, but it's about power and wealth. Yeah, well, and that's devastating. That's but think about it though. If I had if I had no God, I was just here to be here. Yeah, you, you got limited time. Let's make the most of it. I'd take as much as I could. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. If, you know if, what I'm saying? If, if this is all there is, I mean, I'm taking all. It yeah. is all about me. I yeah. don't care about anyone else. I get further. Yeah. Right. You live on that, it's, it's going to be devastating. And if you educate your children that we're cosmic accidents and, and we've been created out of some primordial soup and there's no creator and you're just a gnat on the butt of an elephant yeah. in, the, in the cosmic vastness and like Nietzsche and you're just screaming at the moon and, uh, you know, and, and you have no purpose and humanity isn't uh, the pinnacle of God's creation... So then, what's the then, then the value of humanity, and, and no longer is there, we're, we're, in a physical world, where do you get metaphysical concepts of love and goodness and right and wrong? Yeah. And, and, and when these secular progressives, materialists who are atheists, say that I'm evil, too bad. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't co-op my worldview by using a metaphysical term. Yeah. You can't use feelings in that. Yeah. You're, just, you're just material. Yeah. You're that's just right. a mind that just clicks. Yeah, that's right. And, That's right. But and, the weirdest thing is, though, it's, it, it's, it's impressive when you see somebody live out their belief, right? Yeah. 
the, the atheist, I, I don't understand it because they live a life that is very different than what their belief is. And, and, it, right? you, and you have to say, you have, this is one of my favorite questions to ask an atheist. You look at them and you say, is rape wrong? I know. They cannot say rape is wrong. I know, I know. Because if it's survival of the fittest. Yeah, that, then that should be at play. Was Hitler evil? They can't even use the word evil. I know, I know, I know. Big opportunity there. Big opportunity. But that creates the world when they step into those positions of leadership and they educate our children. And now the value yeah. of human life is decimated and you are just, you're just, as a human being, you're just a tool for me to succeed. And when, I, when it's broken and I've, I've used that person to where they're no longer effective, cast them away and put them in the dumpster. Yeah. Children are a convenience, and if you don't need them, cast them into the dumpster, flush them into the sewage systems. Yeah. And yet, now mankind is awakening going, ah, this brave new world is a little scary. Yeah, that's right. And this freedom idea, what, what, what are you saying? Where, do, where are you saying it comes from? Yeah, that's We're right. We're telling it's the Lord. That's right, that's right. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. Yeah. Tell me about, about principles of faith for you, and I, I know that you, you have an outreach to over a million people, if not more, mm. by your social media. And, and you, you, you primarily operate in the economic and financial world and business world for them to see these things. And yeah. to your credit, you infuse faith, but mm. you've got a lot of folks out there that would tune you out and turn you off the yeah. minute they... Yeah. And be all things to all men that you might win some. You don't compromise the truth. You just kind of stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how you infuse these eternal principles for people to awaken and go, all right, I, I, I see the laws of nature and nature's God, how it operates. And I, I may be an agnostic or an atheist, but doggone it, you know, Mikey? Yeah. It's a good Why question. are you different? And you always show pictures of your wife and kids. Yeah. Well, you know what? It all started because I was always seen smiling, right? And I would always get these messages. Why are you always happy? What is it about you? And that was kind of my opportunity to start explaining why I am this way. And really, when you break it down, it's nothing to do with me. That's mm -hmm. where the opportunity is, right? Uh, I, I think the unique thing, and I remember when we first uh, uh, got connected, you were always like, dude, this world that you're, you're in, the skate world, this is crazy. Right? I remember that I saw you at Side Street, we, and you were like, hey, what's that? And I had a magazine in the back of my car, right? Let me see that. You look at the magazine, you're like, whoa, dude, right? It, I mean, I was operating in a world that is very knew, removed from God. I knew nothing about right? it. And what was cool is I was able to connect with these kids that are drawn towards skating because they come from these worlds of, you know, a lot of times families aren't together, there's poverty, and, and skateboarding becomes the element where they right. build community, right? So that just gave me an opportunity to go, hey, this is what I do, and this is why. The business side is interesting yeah. because now I'm in this environment where people are going, how did you go from that to this? You skateboarding to craft beer? To, how did you do this? Let me interject real quick. I, I may not have known your world, but my kids related to you more than they related to me. Hmm. And that was a triangulation hmm. of, you know Mikey Taylor? Now all of a sudden, I, you know, I've got an in with my kids Yeah. because you were driving culture. Yeah. And they're drawn to it. Yeah. And I'm... What, what I think is, I, I think at least how God's using me in this moment is, I, it's really hard for me to get my feelings hurt. Really, really hard. Uh, 
and what I found is I could, I could bring up some principle, yeah. whether it's you know, straight from the Bible or if it's a principle that I use from the Bible in the way of, of managing money, right? I put the piece out. We get into the comments. That's where the action happens, yeah, yeah. in the comments, right? And I'll have people that will just attack me, right? They'll skip what I'm talking about. They'll, they'll go for the character, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And God has just given me this one. I can respond very easily, and it doesn't trigger me. And that conversation has, now I know this, there's a lot of people that go in and watch that conversation at play. And then I get messages, I always see you do this. How do you not get worked up? How are you able to operate in this? There's my opportunity. Well, at the end of the day, it's not about me. None of this is about me. Yeah. Like if I'm living my life as a, as a vessel and I'm ultimately just trying to be as obedient as possible to what he's calling me for, that's not about me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's at least how I attack it. But it's interesting, man. Like, you, you, you know what the thing I say that triggers people the most? Bring it. What do you got? Me telling them that they can be successful. That they can do it. You have access to this. Triggers, triggers them more than anything. Because they're victims. Because they, they've been taught that it's not. Right? When you go through like the whole process nowadays, you were talking about it. Like all of our institutions have been infiltrated, right? You go to how the school sets up the kid to, in my perspective, fail. You have culture. The biggest influences in culture. You know, put bad behaviors on kids to succeed, right? You add in this instant everything. And now you have a kid going, I can't ever have that. I have to work 4,000 times harder than the people that had to do it 10 years above me. It's like it, you're living in this environment of it's not possible for me, right? So when you have somebody go, it is. That's, what are you, you're lying. Like I have been told this my whole life, it's not. That's, that's scary. Yeah, and, when, and the people educating them have never built a business. That's the other hard part. But, but, you but, know they, but they've gotten their paycheck from the folks who have built a business. You know what I just, I had this thought the other night. I, I, I'll let you break it down, see if you think this is accurate. But when you think about it, America is one of the maybe few or only places where class warfare is really hard to accomplish, right? Because you can be dead broke and become a billionaire here, right? And there's nothing that keeps you in your class like a lot of other uh, areas throughout the world, right? So I think it's why there's such been, there's always this push on, you know, race or religion or these other ways to divide us. Class hasn't been the case. So what's interesting is, do you, think there's a, <laughs> do you think there's a big push to remove the American dream and why you're seeing this infusion of, you know, go away from capitalism into socialism because that becomes a new vehicle to control? So, you're the first person I told that, so there might be some flaws in there. You could break No, no, it, it's, it's actually a brilliant assessment. So when, when the communists tried to infiltrate America, they tried to do it through economics. And, and they, came up against, they came up against a barrier that you just defined, that there was access for every person in America to achieve yeah. financial freedom. And folks were going, yeah, no, that, and it didn't work. And so socialism hit the barrier, bounced off, and went and regrouped and tried to figure out like a virus, how do I infect this patient and kill it? Mm. And so it comes back now and it says, I can't get them economically but they've had some racial issues over their history, so I'm gonna pit them against each other by immutable traits. Yeah. And, and I'm not gonna create economic class warfare, I'm going to create 
immutable trait class warfare. Yeah. Something you can't control. I can't fix the fact that I was born with less melanin than you. Yeah. But, but even if God did a magic wand and, and made us all the same color but different eye colors, this, this attempt to try to, d to destroy America, they would try to get us to divide over the color of our eyes. Did you see the way the green-eyed people were looking at you? Yeah. And, and even though in America we've had access to these things, they have infiltrated government and, and the narrative continually with critical race theory and Black Lives Matter is this, this idea that, that, that white America is systemically racist. And, and the, the purpose of it, it doesn't matter that you, know, you would be considered white, although compared to me, you're darker. Mm. Uh, you have more melanin. It's called intersectionality and they do it by victim groups. So they don't have a lot of power corporately but, but it appeals to them, this socialism mindset, it appeals to them to, to take that person's wealth. And the reason why is because they've made my life miserable because they've created a system that oppresses me. Mm. Never saw that before in America. I mean, everyone succeeds. And here we have the wealthiest woman in America, Oprah Winfrey, or one of them. You, you have a black president that served for two terms, Two terms, mm -hmm. and, and got more votes than any president in American history until Joe Biden miraculously got more, almost 10 million more votes than he did being in a basement, not putting able to sentence together. But Barack Obama was loved. And, and still, and, and then you watch black unemployment at the lowest level ever on the last administration. And they're losing this ability, so they have to tell everyone that you're systemically racist if, if you, you lack melanin. And we have, we have a supply and demand issue of racism in America. Mm. There's a huge demand for racism. There's just a small supply. We send FBI agents to a garage at a NASCAR event to inspect a, a noose yeah. on, on a door to pull down for the garage. Yeah. And, 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 and there's such a demand that Jesse Smollett would make it up as countless others have. And, and the narrative is only this, and, and you talk about what they call FOIAs, uh, fatal officer-involved shootings, and they say it's, it's, it's rampant, it's 2.5 to 1. And you look at their own data, and it doesn't hold up. Hmm. If we're going to do fatal officer-involved shootings, and you reverse it and use their same metrics and their same data, well, then the massacres on police are done predominantly by black Americans. And you say, well, it's, no, it's, 50, it's, it's 55 to 45, white and black. I, yeah, but that's 13% of the population. Mm. And remember, you were using that same statistic to get the 2.5 to 1, which doesn't add up, and it's a whole story. Vody Bachman's covered it. And what they don't cover is in the same incident where you, you Breonna Taylor and, and all these others that they have paraded in front of the American people, many instances of unarmed white males being shot, unarmed white females being shot by police, and never a word. Because they've got to pit us against one another and create something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they want us to look like a Dr. Seuss book, and that's why they're outlawing them. They want us to look at a Dr. Seuss book where he talks about you know, the, the different types of creatures in his book. Mm -hmm. Sneets or whatever, I don't even remember what it is. So... 
yeah, they can't divide us by economic class. They're now trying to, to pit us against each other by historical um, historical violations of humanity. Yeah. And now they want to blame it on present generations. Reparations. Yeah, that's right. And they're using that as a redistribution of wealth. Yeah. And it's not equality, it's equity. Yeah, that's right. That's a, a totally different monster. That's right. That's right. People don't understand what equity is. It's just it's taking something that belongs to someone and giving it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't earn it. <sighs> Shows where where this is a whole nother tangent, but this is what happens when the church isn't involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, and, and then the church backs BLM Inc. and critical race theory, and they, they, they walk away, and churches walk away from the understanding that we're one race. I mean, what color is your blood when you bleed? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, there's different ethnicities, but there's one race. Yeah. And we're to endeavor to keep that unity. Yeah. And if, if someone is prejudiced... Now, there's different there, there's different ethnicities, but if someone's prejudiced towards an ethnicity, they need to repent and and go and resolve that. And if they've offended them or they they have to they have to reconcile that. Yeah. But systemically racist, what they've done is they've taken away all the things that have made men and women profitable. They've taken away the Enlightenment thinkers, absolute truth, scientific theory or scientific method, empirical data, and they've, you know, the laws of nature and nature's God, they've removed it. Yeah. And they say truth is, truth is established by our intersectionality and our political prowess and our ability to tell you what true is. Well, yeah, they, they remove anyone's ability to contend with their idea. Yeah, yeah. You, right. you don't have a right to speak. Yeah, you can't change it. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, where's the truth in that? It doesn't matter. You, you can't yeah. speak. You're yeah. no longer welcome at the table. That's right. And you have the mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, will refuses to be interviewed by a white reporter. I can't think of anything more racist than that. So let's, so let's end it on this, right? So what, is, what are we seeing that's positive? What are we seeing that's inspiring? How are we seeing God move through this? Yeah. I think Sean Foich, come, that was... That was Impactful. Yeah, Sean Foyt is is an amazing guy, um, and and watching how and and we're watching a transformation. Yeah, we're seeing people awaken to the to the manipulation and the stupidity. It's a it's it's not as quick as I'd like. We're watching this. This is this is troublesome, and it's also positive that as Vody Bachman points out, there's a fault line in American Christendom. Folks that are siding with this critical race theory, which is so anti-biblical. And then folks that aren't, these churches over here that are doing the Black Lives Matter tiles and they refuse to open. And if your church isn't open for services, but it's open as a vaccination clinic, that church ain't going to be around long. Yeah, that's right. These churches are exploding in attendance. What, yeah. 400% growth for <laughs> us. Crazy. Everyone who's been exploding. It's crazy. These are all dying. Yeah. So, so that's promising because, you know, one's being blessed and the other is just disappearing. Yeah. And, and I would just say to all folks... This is a time to pursue truth. That's right. No matter what it costs. Amen. And, and this is really separating the sheep from the goats. Yeah. Do you really believe this? That's Are right. you willing to stand for it? Because That's right. evil is on the rise and it is, it is so evident everywhere you turn and all of the theories and all of the policies that are being implemented are contradictory to the scripture. So you're going to capitulate yeah. to the tyranny or yeah. are you going to stand for freedom? That's right. 
I love that. This yeah. is the time for you to see if you really believe in what you believe. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of folks, they want the freedom like the slaves did, the Hebrew slaves did in Egypt. They just, once they're challenged by Pharaoh, they, they don't want to pay the price. That's right. That's right. So it's easier to blame the person that's standing up against tyranny yeah. and say, well, you need to just be a little more loving. Well, you just need to appear yeah. and at least show up. <laughs> sure. You know, any donkey yeah. can knock down a barn door, but only a carpenter can build one. That's Stand right. up. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's going to come at a cost. Now, you know, Mikey, a number of folks have been on this program. Um, we've interviewed them, and they realize, as I've, I've explained to them, you know, they're going to come after you maybe. Yeah. You can't be on this show. I mean, they've, they've censored us, and they may dox you and try to mess with your company. And, and they go home after we've interviewed, and they think about it a while. And a couple of folks have called and said, you know, I, I don't think I want you to air that. Mm-hmm. Everyone rises and falls before one master, and that's the Lord. Yeah. And you got to kind of look at it and say, yeah. is this the time? you got to weigh right. that. I, I don't judge them. You know, I'm, they're not cowards to me. Yeah. Just like I've never, you know, you know, you need to get out in front of your faith and you need to tell those people that they're, mm-hmm. that's not my world, that's yeah. your world. That's right. And, and, that's right. And the Lord speaks to you just like he speaks to me. That's right. You do your best, Mikey. Folks are blessed to have you as a friend. Uh, okay, I've, I've been blessed to have a lot of people in my life. I mean, you, I tell you that all the time. I've had great people to make a, a big influence on my life, so see how I can give back, right? Amen. Well, you want to you take us out? You got anything else you want to share? Any last thought mm. for this episode? We'll do another. Let's see. Last thought. How, how about an encouragement to a young person out there wondering direction in their life they're thinking maybe a four-year university, but they see the cost. They see the debt that their friends have incurred. They see you. They're kind of moved by your entrepreneurial spirit and your success. And, and also share with them how they can get connected with mm. you and, and track you and follow you. Mm-hmm. Talk to them, would you? Oh, man. Uh, well, kind of what we're seeing in the church where it's becoming very clear, black and white, what's what. I mean, same thing's happening with school. Same things. I mean, a lot of this is coming to light. So the idea that you have to go one way or else, that's just, it's, people have figured out that's not true. So I think what's good, uh, as far as opportunity goes, I have never seen a moment in my life that has given more opportunity than this right now. Even though the message is the opposite, it's just not true, right? Your ability to start whatever you want from your room is possible now. Yeah. That's encouraging. You can start a business from your room. You could do whatever you want from your room. If you want to educate yourself, that could be done from your room, on your phone. Everything, just like this, right? So I would say uh, the sky's the limit right now, but none of it is possible, and you won't be able to go through the challenge because, like anything, if you want something great, it's going to be hard to get there, right? You won't be able to do that unless you have completely figure out what your purpose is. Yeah, if you the, don't the, know the, why the, you were here, you do, yeah. uh, it's not, you're not going to have the push behind you to make it through the times where it becomes challenging, right? Because if you think about it, like we used to talk about uh, the highest return you'll ever see is investing in yourself, right? That's almost not the case anymore mm-hmm. because a lot of people will invest in themselves Something will happen, they'll blame it on bad luck or somebody else, and then they'll quit, Yeah. right? And then the whole investment in yourself just became irrelevant. So you have to have something behind you that's going to push you through the challenging times. Uh, 
and you're not going to be able to do that without knowing why you're here. Yeah. But if you know why, oh, the why it's a good and what time. you do. That's right. You better have a worldview, and 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 if there's no morality in your worldview, you're you're just gonna you're gonna rule over the ashes you help create yeah. by what you burned. That's right. That's right. And I would say the other thing too, like for our family, my wife and three kids, this has been the most exciting year of our life. Ex going to the church, April, May, that was. I mean, when, when we opened the end of April, May? Yeah, May 31st, right. Okay, so June, July, those months, dude. It was crazy cool. Oh, it was amazing to be able to The energy that. level in oh. the room and the, the That's strength right. people were deriving from looking at folks that were fearless. Knowing right. we all had in common, we're, we're going to get dumped on in a That's second, right. and nobody cared. That's right. This means it to us. That's Our right. faith was real. That was, that was special. So I would yeah. say if you don't, if you are scared... If you have a massive fear in your life, you have to figure out why you are scared. Yeah. Because when you look at, I'll use ourselves for example, fearless. Yeah. Scariest year of my life, fearless. Yeah. Right? It's fear, not because fear of me. Is, fear is paralyzing and it's not good for business. That's right. So you want to figure out how to get rid of fear? Yeah. You got to figure out why you're here. Once you figure out why, the true why, the fear goes away. That's a good one to end on. Man. You know? Thank you, Mikey. Thanks for having me. Mikey Taylor, tell everybody how they can connect with you. Uh, easiest way on social media is just my name, Mikey Taylor. You'll find me there. You put Rob McCoy and you get some sort of football player, songwriter. Yeah, I got, I, I, I got in early. <laughs> I got the check marks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get squad. That's cool, Mikey. All right, MikeyTaylor.com? Uh, no, I don't have my own website. Find me on social medias. Right. Our business is CommuneCapital.com. CommuneCapital.com. Yeah. All right, that's cool. All right. Thanks. Well, folks, thanks for joining us uh, tonight. And Mikey Taylor, our guest, what a treasure and what a wonderful time spent with him, learning a lot about the business world and opportunities in these trying times. And it's positive and it's hopeful. And the, and the biggest hindrance, as he pointed out, is fear. And that fear comes because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. If you know why you're doing what you're doing, you, you're inspired and fear dissipates. And faith is a profound gift to those who want to do what's right. So... Keep that in mind. A lot of wisdom tonight from Mikey Taylor. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back to what we've been doing for a while now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share the blessing with you. So this is for all of you tonight, and you too, Mikey, and your family. Number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. I love the idea that peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of Christ in the midst of the conflict. Jesus said, peace I give unto thee, not as the world gives peace. He, he said, you know, I, he, he brought a sword, and he's contending for ideology that seeks to enslave man. He comes to set man free, and that's going to create conflict. So peace isn't the absence of conflict. It's the presence of Christ in the midst of it. Make sure, just like Joshua, when he said to the commander of the Lord's army said, are you for us or against us? And the, the commander of the Lord's army said, neither. And the idea is, it's not if God's on our side, it's are we on his side. You better get that right in these coming days uh, because I've read the end of the book and he wins. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's his earth. We're breathing his air, drinking his water, drinking, uh, drinking his water, eating his food. So we better live by his rules. There will be an accounting. And... You can whistle by the graveyard, but the great equalizer is death, and it's appointed once for a man to die, then judgment. So get right with him. He wants to give you that peace. 
and Christ is at peace, and you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Jesus, save me. He will. He loves you. And so do we. So God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.